Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. So that's one of the things that I would look at is as we get into earnings, what stocks are coming out, what are they hitting? And then, you know, any one of these I can go into, um, if I just, just pick one of any one of these stocks, I go into this and um, I can go over here under the overview and say, well, what else is in that group? This is the How to Trade Stocks Options Podcast brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com where we cover finance, stocks, options, entrepreneurship, education, and money. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance, Christopher Ewell. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks Options podcast. Today, we have a special lesson for you. I'm putting it here on the podcast because I really believe that this is going to provide you massive, massive value. And that's what I'm trying to do here. And hey, listen, if this podcast was useful to you at all, I really highly suggest that you go check out the full trading course at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Hey, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you'll be notified every time we give you more tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter every single week. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. Today, we've got two of my favorite guests back on, Rance Mayshek and Chris Mercer from Market Gear. We're going to be talking about earnings. Uh, we're coming into the earnings season now, uh, about a week or so away by the time that this airs. But what we're going to be covering is just the earnings season in general. So not specific advice, but just some tips and tricks. And I, I told Rance, I've got about a hundred questions I'm going to ask him as we go through this. So guys, thanks for coming back on the line today. Glad to be here. And uh, before we get too deep, let's make sure we tell everybody about Market Gear. So Market Gear is a platform that we're going to be talking uh, and working through today as we go through all of this. You can get your own free trial, two weeks free at marketgear.com slash Chris That's me, C-H-R-I-S-U-H-L. And you'll get 50% off your first month. So with that being said, let's get into this, guys. So we've got bank earnings up first. And so earnings are not something that I play now. I used to play them. I got burned really bad, as we were just mm -hmm. talking about in the last episode. I, uh, I've experienced all the ways to do things wrong. I'm sure I'll share that with at some point in this. But uh, I don't play earnings anymore. It just, for me, it feels too gambly. It feels like I've lost control. And it feels like I'm hoping the stock does something versus just following a trend. So tell me what your opinions on this. So I look at earnings um, a couple ways. First of all, I like to say, I, I, I tend not to trade the very earliest of an earnings cycle because I want to see how things are starting to shape up um, and then tend to play off of that. Now, my one exception to that is, and we've talked about this a few weeks back about a straddle play where I can make money either way, then I just need to find something that has, high, that has a, a very high probability of moving um, and you know, work with that. In general, though, that's a bi-directional trade, makes money either way it goes, but it has to move a lot to make it work, right? So you have to find the right ones for that. So, um, you know, like Amazon has a tendency to move a lot through earnings. Tesla has a tendency to move a lot through earnings. So you got to find the ones that, that, that 
you know, that have this, you know, big heartbeats during earnings report. The, if you're going to play earnings other than that, the, some of the things I like to look at is what's happening in that sector and, um, you know, are, are it, how is that sector playing out and what's still coming up that's in that sector that I could maybe take advantage of and, and, uh, and, and be able to ride. So, um, so that's an element of how I tend to, uh, to approach it. Um, and uh, I will tell you that I tend to try to play the bullish side a little bit more than the bearish side, although... Uh, if you got a bad earnings cycle coming in and you play the bear sides, I mean, you know, the one thing about it is when they miss, they miss hard and the stock, it, it, you know, is, uh, shows that, right? So things tend to go down quicker than they go up, right? So right. it can be a great way to play on the downside. Um, although in the last, you know, decade, that there hasn't been exactly a whole bunch of horrible earnings uh windows out there. There's been a couple of rough ones, but um, so that's what we, that's what I tend to look at. And uh, one of the ways I do that uh, here is if I should be sure real quick on an element of our platform. So this is uh, the market gear platform that was talking about. Um, and in this, one of the things we have is we have um, calendars, so calendars for earning splits and dividends. Oh, nice. Um, yep. So oh, right I need that. Hang on. I've been burned a couple of times on stupid dividends like a day or two after i put it on you know getting hit with the the dividend um well hang on yeah. hang on not 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 selling it but like um well you're right like, I, oh, you're, dang. You're, you're, you know you gotta you gotta deal with the the dividend price change you have to deal with the dividend price change and a dividend is a reason for an early execute, you know, early assignment on options, right? So if you're short an option, you know, you can have that happen. So just as a, a quick point here on this, what we do show- uh, How did you get to that real quick, Rance? Right, so it's just find. Uh -huh. And so we have several ways to find trades. One of them is calendar. the calendar. So find calendar, right there it is. And then, um, and then it'll show you the dividends on any particular day, what's coming up. But also if you go in on any particular stock, <clears throat> what, uh, what we do have here is, uh, when the next dividend, you know, when the next uh, ex-div date is. So this one's April 22nd. So you can always do a quick little check to see if there's an upcoming dividend, even on the research page for that. Um, so you can know, so we have that and we have uh, earnings. This will show you a number of eight days to earnings actually. Uh, and then a dividend, we show you the ex-div date, uh, which is the date you really care about for this, even though the adjust date, you know, but that, that's the date you really want to watch for. All right, so, um, so in the in the case of, of this, what we have here though, let me go back to the earnings side for just a second. Uh, right now, if you look at, now I have the S&P 500 up, Right, and if you look here, coming up next week and the week after, look at this. Actually, if you look at the 29th, 63 stocks of the S&P 500, more than 10% of the S&P 500 is announcing on one day, right? And, uh, and then if you just take that whole week, you got you know uh, 20, you got 30% of the S&P 500 coming out the week of April 26th. And then if you go into the following week, you also see uh, you know there's uh, quite a bit coming out that week as well. On the average, 40 each day. Um, so you've got that earnings season right there coming up. Now, one of the things about this, if I go into any particular earnings day, I can see what stocks are coming up and what the estimate is. But if I look at this, let me just show you something real quick. If I go back to, to January um, and I look at that same window, right? So Jan earnings season, January, April, July, October, right? So um, if I look at this, at the earnings season here, let me just pick one of the days, I can see here on that day what the estimate was and what the actual was. And we color code it based on whether or not they 
made their number or not and by how much, right? So if it's as brighter green, they beat the number by at least 10%. Um, the darker green, it's closer to the, the uh, estimate. And then same thing on the misses. But if you look at this, you can tell here that overall, some strong earnings quality coming out, right? They're beating their numbers here on that date. And you can go back to another date and you see the same thing. So now what I would do, this is how I would approach, one of the ways I'd approach this is now that we have earnings season coming in, right? So, um, as next week starts to shape up, I'm going to be able to see how some of these are coming out. Now, mind you, everything I'm looking at right now are just the S&P 500 stocks. Yeah, right? so, actually, I was just going to say, this is really cool. Yeah. I wish I'd known about this sooner. Well, it, so, <laughs> it, it's a pretty cool thing because as soon as they come out, I see the, the estimate actual variant, right? So if I go back just a couple of days here, I can see um, what happened here with, you know, these hit their number and so on. So, so as we get into this earnings week next week, I'm going to start to see how things are shaping up. And as I see how things are shaping up, I can extrapolate that in that this will, you know, so if I start to see, uh, you know, uh, AMD doing well, there's a good chance Intel will pay, play a similar, right? It, you know, it's the sector or industry group is, it, it tends a little bit to kind of, you know, play together there because that industry is, you know, is benefiting from whatever's happening at that moment. Right. So now it doesn't always work that way. You can have AMD do great and Intel miss, but uh, at least you have a little bit of, you know, go with the flow. So that's one of the things that I would look at is as we get into earnings, what stocks are coming out, what are they hitting? And then, you know, any one of these I can go into, um, if I just, just pick one of any one of these stocks, I go into this and um, I can go over here under the overview and say, well, what else is in that group, right? So the, the industry group. So I can click on that and I can get a list of all the stocks that make up that, that particular group oh, and nice. then be able to do some, some things to look at. Well, okay, if, if this is doing well, um, what else in that arena could I also take advantage of that's doing well to try to stack the odds in my favor a little bit? Now, you still have some of those same risks, but if it plays well, you've got kind of that driving force to, uh, to be able to keep moving in that direction. So that's one of the things that I would do. And um, Chris, I don't know if you want to jump in on any. Uh... Well, I was just going to say also, if you hop back to the calendar, obviously he was showing you the S&P, but it's really easy also to switch. Uh, you know, if you want, if, let's say you're interested in the Russell 2000 ones, which sometimes have a little more volatility. Now you've got the Russell and which ones are coming out. Or you can do the entire market, uh, you know, everything you want by collecting all equities or, you know, even just the optional ones, whatever you want. Oh, cool. And, and they're all there. So if you, if you really, by the way, since we are talking about option strategies today, the optionable ones would be are, are useful as well, right? It just, it shortens the list up a bit. So you don't have to worry about stuff that you're, oh, I like, I'm really interested in this one. And then you figure out that you can't go do an options play on it anyways. Right. So I got to tell um, you having all this in this spot right here is one of the coolest features I've seen. I mean, it, it seems so simple. But then, like, you don't have to go research this. You don't have to go other places. You don't have to go type in all the different symbols to check. It's just like, boom, right yep. there. And, and, you know, as Chris mentioned here that, you know, since we primarily trade options, why look at anything else, right? You know, so I know the yeah. S&P 500 pretty much, that's all optionable. And if I, but Chris brings up a really great point. If you're playing uh, volatility plays, uh, you know, that's a, a great thing to, uh, you know, open up that, that, window a little bit and again all optionable and you know we talked about the 29th being a day, big day for the S&P 500 well look at this over the course of these two days yeah right over 500 stocks are coming out in two days uh 700 over 700 for the week uh of the optionable stocks um coming out in one week there and so again 
let this week be my shaping up week. How's it looking? And then go find, uh, you know, similars that we could potentially take advantage of in my bigger week here. All right. So this is my kind of lead in week. And then my, my, uh, you know, my action week is one of the ways that I would look at that. Oh, this yep. is really cool. Yep. Um, by the way, you could also, uh, another way to do it, this, this does some of that for you because it visually shows it to you, but I don't know, Rance, you want to hop into the screener? Because in the screener, you can also talk about, um, let's say I want to see stocks, you know, I, I have, uh, I have all the parameters and, and you know, optionables, obviously there'd be one. And if you expand it out to the three, uh, third level, you know, you can also put, uh, you know, forward uh, next earnings dates and stuff like that. So if I want to see stocks coming out next week or whatever it is, um, and then still plug in a bunch of other variables, right? Stocks above their 10 day moving average or stocks above, you know, all these different things. Um, there's your future earnings date one there, right? I can, I can, screen the market myself, make my own screen and still apply when's the next earnings coming out if I want to look for stocks that are going to report soon. Mm -hmm. So it's a little different than the uh, the calendar itself, which is just showing you the dates and then you kind of get a list. Right? And by, by the way, if I want to do that, and then you know, we've talked a few times about getting in during relatively uh, low implied volatility. So I can also um, uh, you know, bring that into play, right? So right now I've got, uh, you know, things that are in the, um, uh, you know, I, I can look at the low part of its range. I can look at things that are coming out with earnings. I want to make sure that they're optionable, you know, do that. And then when I'm ready, go in here and um, I can say, yep, yep, I want optionable. There's 4,500 stocks now that are optionable. Uh, I want days to earnings to be, you know, uh, no more than, uh, than 21 days out, but at least uh, seven days out. Uh, so I now have, you know, that window and um, I'm going to leave the date part open here. But then, you know, I also want it to be within a certain part of its IV range. So let's say I want it to be from zero to 50% of its IV range. So now, uh, whoops, uh, so now I've just limited down the stock that much more. I could even do other things to limit it by price, whatever. When I'm ready for that, shows me that I've got my list of stocks here showing me when the next date is and uh, all that stuff to be able to work from uh, all right within this. So it's kind of a cool, the screener lets you really, uh, you know, versus just the broad calendar. Now you can like really funnel it down and hone it into really what you want. And then once you have these, you can save those and uh, they're readily accessible uh, whenever you want them. So it's a pretty cool uh, additional way to take something like the calendar. And now let's whittle it down to get to a, a, a nice tight list of stocks that we want to look at. Well, I know like for anyone who trades earnings, you know, making sure that they're aware of things like this, things like dividends. I can't tell you like in the last month, I put on four or five different trades just for them to immediately. <clears throat> so I use Tastyworks, and then the little D shows up saying, "Oh, there's a dividend coming up," and you know I, I'm I'm buying long stock or I'm I'm you know buying long calls or something like that in the money long calls or maybe even selling put spreads, and all of that works against me, you know, because the stock price will go down by the amount of the dividend, and it's like, uh, if I had waited 24 hours, basically it would have reshuffled, and then I would have had the information I need to make the trade going forward at the new market price. So this is absolutely something <laughs> that I'm going to start putting in this calendar uh, in my, uh, my selection criteria. I'm really, really glad that we, we talked about that. 
Um, you know, it's, the, it is kind of nice too that you can look on that dashboard page here just real quick and see when the next earnings, when's the next dividend. It's right there readily available to you. Um, I will tell you that a lot of the trade finder scans that we have in, in the system are designed very specifically to consider all of those things, right? Like, you know, our bull put spreads, for example, our trade finder for bull puts, there will not be any earnings between the entry date of that and expiration. There won't be a dividend between oh, the entry smart. date of that and expiration. Now, what that does is it knocks out a lot that the prices actually look good for. But why take on that extra risk, right? In, yes. in a case of a bull put where I'm going to take in maybe a, a 10 to 20% uh, risk reward ratio, that means I have 80% at risk. Why would I want to play that going into a uh, an earnings where if I'm right, I got a 20% upside, but if I'm wrong and it collapsed on me, I have an 80% downside, right? It just doesn't make sense to me to, to risk four times what you're getting through that kind of an event, which is why in the case of bull puts, we watch that. Other things, you know, that like, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, I know we have one coming up on ratio back spreads. Well, that's one that's a great one to play because if it goes up, you're great. If it uh, missed earnings and it collapses, it's so, somewhat self-repairing. So we'll tease that for a, uh, <laughs> the next session coming up. You know, uh, so it's a, a strategy you could apply to it as well. So really a big part of it is look at what, th this is This is my approach. I, and I 100% agree with you here, Chris, about uh, watching out and playing earnings, right? And the, you mentioned you're not trading it right now. What I would offer is that, if you don't have an effective approach, not trading through some of those rocky moments is absolutely the right thing to do. Cash is, uh, you, know, uh, you know, the odds of losing your cash are, you know, are slim, right? Uh, so right. The, the, uh, so be careful how you approach, but if you take the right approach in the right market condition, there's a, a great way to be able to go. You know, one of the things I talk about in diversification is you want to diversify in different stocks, different sectors, different industry groups, but also in different strategies, Because right? if everything you're doing is somewhat bullish and the market does a major pullback in options, you can get really hurt. You know, if I have some ratio back spread, some straddles, some bull puts, well, now I might get hurt on the bull puts, might get, you know, neutralized, you know, neutral uh, on the ratio back spreads and made some money on straddles, which is, by the way, what happened to me, March of 2000. That's exactly what I was set up. And I was a, a bunch of bull calls, uh, a bunch of ratio back spreads and a bunch of straddles when we walked into March of 2000 when the when the tech bubble popped. And um, uh, I ended up basically not losing anything when people around me were devastated. Yeah. Right. And um, and so that's an important appro approach to this. So same thing with uh, with this as we're talking about earnings. What's the right approach? What's the right strategy? If you think you're bullish on it, you want to give it room to move. So I would not be doing a, a put a bull put spread where I'm taking in a a twenty percent of the spread amount. You know, I'm taking in you know a dollar on a five dollar spread where I have four dollars at risk through an event like earnings. That's not the yes. right approach, right? Doing something where maybe it's a bull call where it's out of the money bull call and you've got a large upside or minimum risk. If you have that risk tolerance, okay. Ratio back spreads, straddles, things like that can be good. Simply buying stock and expect on an upward uh, expectation um, or synthetic longs, you know, something like that if you want to. Uh, but th the, uh, those are definitely approaches you can use as well. But how do you stack the odds in your favor? And one of the things for me is I don't trade the first week of earnings. I let the, I let it, I let that show me, except for my straddles, right? Because we've talked about the before. So straddles I do. But other than that, I'm really looking at what's the market showing me. Are they beating their numbers? So does how's that playing out? Because it tends 
to, to play out within the same uh, sectors or industry groups through the earnings cycle in general. Again, there's some risk factors, but that's, that's how I'll, I'll generally approach it is let it, uh, let it shape up and then do it accordingly. Yeah. And to me, a lot, you know, obviously the key when you're doing any type of trading, but, but specifically around earnings is <clears throat> if you're looking at a stock for whatever reason that you're interested in doing some kind of an earnings play, the, the determinant factor to me on what type of strategy you use should probably be revolved around a, uh, the implied volatility, right? Because if you've got low implied volatility coming into earnings for whatever reason, or maybe it's because you're taking on a, a position like a couple of weeks ahead of time and it hasn't really started to kick in yet. You remember what happens is a lot of times, you know, you get all these different earnings and there are people out there, they just, they just play earnings, right? So it's like, oh, let's, we got these coming out on Wednesday. So on Monday, let's start buying some options in case this happens or this happens. And that's when the implied volatility explodes because they all start buying all these different options. And then two days later, it's over, but they're already working on the next stock that was coming out on Thursday and the stock that's come, releasing next Tuesday and they're just moving. And that's what pushes the implied volatility up. So certain, and maybe this is something, Rance, you could come up uh, with examples if, here on the fly let me put you on the spot but um you know if, if you have low implied volatility coming into earnings what's what's a solid strategy to look at that would be beneficial if there is a move on earnings and then if you have high implied volatility it's not going to necessarily be the same strategy because you're really looking to take advantage of the fact that the options are kind of overpriced at that right point in time, right what it comes up to. so so just to just to address as we're talking about let me flip back over to the platform for here's a second um one of the things that um uh, I would share here is as I go into a, a particular uh, area in options that we've been using a lot of times we use the options chain as we're doing things. But one of the cool things is there, there's all these uh, templates as well. So if I wanted to look at, you know, a, a, a bullish strategy, like, a, you know, a bull call or a bull put, you know, it just gives me the template for it and how I'd be able to approach that. Right. So it's kind of a nice little way to, to do uh, some of this. Uh, so, you know, again, in a, uh, if I have an upcoming earnings, uh, I'm going to look at my implied volatility, which is right here on there for you. You can see where it's at, you know, like in this particular case, the blue line, let me get to clean this up for people that aren't familiar looking at it. The, the, the yellow line is the average, the blue line is the current. So it's, you know, really just off its low of implied uh, that the red is a one year high and uh, one year high and one year low. So it's relatively low here on, I just happen to have EFX up, up. but um, as you get close to that, you know, it's going to go up. So that's where you're going to start to shift it. I will tell you that there are strategies that you can do right before earnings when implied volatility is really high, where you can do something like a, um, a, a, a condor, you suck in all that premium. And if the stock doesn't move too much, you can make money. The problem is if it moves then you get, you know, you, you, again, you're getting hit pretty hard. So how do you work that? I, I'm going to tell you personally, I'm not a big fan of, uh, I know there's definitely people that do it and do it successfully. I'm not a big fan of uh, uh, condors through earnings just because uh, if it does move on, you, it, you know, you get, you can get hurt pretty bad. Well, so, it, it goes back to what you were saying just a couple of minutes ago, the whole, you know, risking 10 to make one or risking nine to make one on an right. iron condor. And um, that's, that's where I stopped trading earnings. Actually. I, um, I had been under the impression that the real only way to trade around earnings is to sell an iron condor, um, boxing in the trade, you know, go out greater than the quote expected move and the expected move being, you know, 85% of the at the money straddle price. So let's call it, if it's $10 wide for the uh, at the money straddle price, you go eight and a half dollars if you can, um, either direction. And, uh, you know, 
I had some success and some some losses with it. But the day that I I, I stopped was there was an earnings trade in AKAM. Um, I don't even remember what 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 company AKAM. That's Akamai, Akamai. Akamai. Yeah. company. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I traded that, and I was like, okay, this is great. It was within the uh, expected move. You know, like I said, it, it was a hope scenario versus like just following the trend scenario. So uh, it was it was fine, and the market opened the next day. And I'm trying to get filled. Let's say I did a $5 wide spread. Let's say I sold it for a dollar. I'm trying to get out for a dollar or, or 50 cents. I'm trying to get out for 40 cents. It's not happening. I'm raised up to 60, raised up to 70, still not, not getting filled. And I'm like, this should have worked. I don't know what's happening here. And I'm like, I'm just going to hit a market order. And I got filled at like 350. So my, my profitable trade immediately went to super unprofitable. And it was... Like, Even though the options prices weren't that far out of whack at the moment, right? It was like, right, okay, right. This, yeah. but just hitting yep. the market order and yep. watching it go, it got filled at whatever was there. And I was like, this super sucks, right? Uh, like, this is not how it should have gone. So I was like, I'm done with earnings. Like, there's no point. It's too much stress for not enough return on me. So yeah, I'm so, done. So what you bring up an interesting point here. I think it's, a, it's something that's really worth mentioning as you're talking about earnings play, because, you know, you, you talk about specific with that strategy. But if you look at it as a whole, one of the things that's going to happen right through earnings is a lot of times those bid ask spreads widen a little bit. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and why? Well, the market maker's job, you know, to create liquidity, but they don't want to take on risk. So every time they take a trade, their immediate move is to hedge that and get to a delta neutral position. Sometimes they'll have a bias, but basically they want to neutralize the risk. Well, when there's a whole bunch of demand in one thing and not so much in another, how do you change? How do you balance the the supply demand. Well, one of the things that they'll do, uh, one of the things you do is adjust price. But what they'll do, especially in options, is they'll, they'll widen the bid ask spread. So now you're in a situation where you got in this for a credit, you're trying to get out right after, and it just isn't working, even though it's in the sweet spot, even though it's right yeah. where it needs to be. But you know that the probability of it staying there is slim. Right. Of, uh, right. And so it's you're like, trying I to get here. out. Right. You got to get out of here. And it's difficult to do because of that very factor of those widening bid ask spreads. And that's a that's something that uh, you do have to watch out for. And again, uh, I am also not a big fan of straddles on earnings. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, condors on earnings. Uh, you know, it's like the opposite side of that is a straddle, right? Make money either way it goes, but it has to move enough. That's why I want to get in low implied volatility. So all of these can work. It's a matter of right thing, right time. But I, I, I always look at What's my risk reward ratio? And look at my probability here. And if I have a high probability the stock is going to move because it's going through earnings and I don't have enough of a risk reward ratio in, let's say, a, a, a condor to really take that on, I, I'm going to tell you, I'd probably be at a 40, 40 50% window of, uh, that I'd want to be in, in in potential gain on a condor to go through an earnings report because, again, probability, right? I have an event that is, I mean, if you just look at like, standard deviation, whatever, for probably that's, the, you have an event, you have something happening that can be a driving force. And that's what you want to watch out for. So that's why, yeah. you know, one of the things I tend to like to do is I tend to play a trend, but I let the trend establish in the first week of earnings, right? Because, you know, like kind tends to be, I mean, if you look at it, a lot of times, like kind tends to perform similar to, you know, to its industry group or sector. So, so that's how I'll play it out. Use that first part to let me get an idea of what's happening. 
And then I still have a good solid two weeks of plays that I can go in and, uh, and be able to take advantage of. And a great way to be able to do that is that earnings calendar that we uh, yeah, were talking no about. And then I see what's doing well in that for that first week. And they go, oh, well, what else is, uh, you know, what else is in there? And I can go in any stock and look at who its uh, competitors are or, uh, you know, uh, what else is in that industry group and then look to be able to take on trades from that perspective. Um, and again, I want good, strong reward to risk ratios, uh, not things like condors and uh, yeah. bull put stuff like that uh, so that I can take advantage of that. And if I am wrong, um, you know, I don't get hit as hard. So right. My and, approach. And maybe today what we could do is let's, let's go to the calendar, right? Let's look at, let's, let's screen by the S and P like we started out. Let's pick a day next week, right? Um, and click on a couple of stocks. Not that, not that we have preset. We haven't uh, preset any trades that we wanted to set up here. We wanted this to be more of an open analysis discussion, but maybe get into a couple of the stocks and then go look at them. Let's see what the implied volatility looks like. Let's see what some of the risk graphs would look like um, for different types of trades uh, going into earnings and see if, if anything looks to make sense. So just as a... Um... Uh, you know, for, first of all, what I'm going to do here is I'm, I'm going to go with ones that are expecting to go up, right? I'm not going to do with uh, NVR because it's 4,000. We're probably not in that range. So I'll just take one of these here, come down a bit uh, and uh, grab this, throw it over to uh, research here. Um, and, you know, then I, I have those that list of stocks here uh, that I can uh, start to work with, right? So if I look at uh, this is Snap On. By, by uh, the way, you, you you did that, Chris. Did you catch that? We grabbed. He he went to the calendar, grabbed a stack of eight stocks or whatever it was that he was interested in, and in one motion threw them all over into his main list so he could start. No, do it again. Okay, okay. So <laughs> here. All right. So if I go to my calendar, I sort this however I want to sort it, right? So in this particular case, I'm sorting by uh, by strong earnings expectations, right? I choose a price. I'm not going to go with the 4,000, right? So we'll go, come down here. We'll take this one here, uh, SIVB, and then come down to some point, right? Wherever, however far you down based on the earnings number, whatever, uh, we'll, we'll take it down. What I did was to um, uh, snap on here. And so I just told, you know, standard highlight, shift, hit, I've got those highlighted and now I'm going to send that whole list over to research and right there they are right now I do because oh, okay. what it, does is it shows you the list of the last 20 you've looked at. What I always do is start with the last one because I know what that is, but by the time I get there, I'll forget, right? If I start working down the list. So I work here up. So I have a snap on and I go look at this, right? So we can see here, by the way, EPS is highlighted red. It means it's coming up soon. Tell me nine days out from this. Let's go look at options here. And now if you look at this, Look at this. My implied is still, if I just get rid of this, my implied is still low compared to where, you know, where it has been. So then I would look at strategies that, that uh, could take advantage of that lower implied, um, you know, on, on a trend. So if I came into that earnings and I saw some things in this arena moving up, then I might want to look at is a bull call uh, going to work out for me. And if you look at this here, look at this, if I did, this just happened to be on bull call. Uh, I got 60 days out um, on this right at the point where if it goes up from here, I'm going to make money. I'm at a, I got 119% gain potential in the trade uh, if it trends up. Um, and that's not counting the benefits of implied going up and all that. So we could take advantage of something like that in this. If And it's right now kind of from here on up from that point, right? So it's, uh, and again, you see, this is 66 days back. Look at how, what has moved in the last, you know, 66 days. Um, and so if it moved that same thing in the next 66, we'd be way up into our profit zone, right? So, uh, so again, it's just, it's a, 
you know, a couple things that you can look at on this. If I just go look at here's uh, uh, CE. Um, actually, this is kind of fascinating. Look again, relatively low volatility. Uh, it, and, you know, a lot of times on straddles, I say a week and a half, two weeks out uh, because it's the implied still kind of low. And we can see that uh, again, just kind of cleaning it up for us here right now. It's actually at a very low implied volatility um, on but here. By, but by the way, look back three months on that implied volatility and look what happened, right? When th that's your last earnings right there, that spike above the yellow line mm -hmm. is th three months back. So you can see that this stock is fully capable heading into the last couple of days before earnings of picking up a lot of implied volatility, which means the options pricing is going to get more expensive on both sides, no matter what. Right. right. Which, which is actually a really fascinating thing. If I, if I were to talk about, you know, we, we, we were talking about, um, so this implied volatility right now, let's say it's been up to around 46. So if you just watch this really quick, if I go in and did a straddle play, and I go over to my uh, uh, thing here, and if it goes up to, to 46, right? Watch what happens to this trade. Oh, that's, that's what, a big right? difference. That's a huge difference, right? I, I, I mean, I'm sitting at, if it went up to 46 uh, right now, I'd be sitting at, uh, you know, somewhere five seven hundred dollar profit in the trade just the stock by hasn't even moved has, hasn't moved right <laughs> just on the increase in implied volatility right and and so those are things you don't look at coming into these and how you might want to play it and you know you see uh i mean it's kind of cool to be able to go back and, and see that by the way on the main chart you can also add an implied volatility uh in here so that you can see um the um uh uh, how that's how that's played out over time. So you can go right back. Look at right there's the earnings. Right there's where that's at. That that's that spike that he was showing back there. Previous earnings right up here. Uh, you know where uh, again the implied volatility was 43 uh, on that one, 46 on this one. So you can immediately see how it behaves around. Uh, you know uh, uh, 49 the previous one, right? So I can see what those implieds tend to be. And use that as part of my analytics on, on this, on how I want to do it. So uh, I just want to say, we're kind of bouncing around on a couple of things. Here's the thing about earnings. There's a lot of opportunities in earnings and you can get burned in earnings. So what you <laughs> yeah. want to do is watch your, it's a couple of things. Watch your reward to risk ratios. Watch your probabilities, right? If your reward to risk ratio, you, 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 I want a high reward ratio, reward to risk ratio on any trade I'm doing uh, on an earnings because there are times you're going to be wrong and you're going to be wrong in a hard way. And so you don't want to be, uh, you know, a, a, a 10 to one risk to reward ratio, right? Where I have to yeah. write 10 times to make up for one miss when I have a driving force of earnings to be able to do that. So great way to be able to do this is you can look at, uh, you know, you can look at what's coming up with earnings. Uh, you can then find as they come out, you can then go in and find other stocks like that stock. Once you know what the actuals, uh, again, if I back up, uh, back up a little bit here, uh, that to go back to the previous, but the actuals are, and you can see our companies tending to hit or not. And then um, again, be able to see how those are reacting to that and then play the forward on it. So again, next week would be a great week to shape up for that, to play stuff the following uh, th that are coming out the following week as I I see how the uh, the earnings cycle starting to shape up. So, well, speaking of the earnings cycle starting to shape up, there's something going on in the markets right now that I, I really wanted to get your opinion on before we head out. Um, what's going on with volume? Um, volume has been drying up. I don't know if enough people are really talking about it, but it's one of my my screening candidates. Is that you know basically I just want to see that the volume is over like average volume, but like nothing is over average volume. I mean, you go through like almost the entire S&P 500, including the SPY, 
and the volume is depressed, like 40%, 50% of like average volume. Mm-hmm. So what's well, going on with that? What, what that's, would... I, I don't, I, that's a little off. It, it is compared to what's been going on in the last three months. But, but keep in mind something, you know, until uh, basically until December, even though and volume was strong last year, honestly, let, let me talk for a minute about NASDAQ volume, because it's something that I follow uh, specifically. But I mean, you can you can see it in the New York side too. Uh, NASDAQ volume has last year was way up. I mean, honestly, way up. We we used to see, uh, on average, 1.5 billion to 1.8 billion shares a day of Nasdaq volume. Last year's average, uh, like the 10-day moving average, heading into like December, was about 3.5 billion. So it was double what a real average has been for the last 20 years. Okay, and then what's happened is, uh, come December and especially once January 1st hit, uh, and I think some of this is related to a new year of tax implications right you get free of last year and now people can free up some money and do some different things now it's really jumped to the point where uh, i think in february at one point the 10-day moving average of nasdaq volume was eight uh, billion shares a day okay mm-hmm. which is a which is a massive number but nowhere near it's it's almost six times what a real true normal average is so what we're seeing now is you know nasdaq volume for example this last week has been back down about four billion shares a day that's still higher than a big chunk of last year and definitely higher than the normal average i think what we're seeing is volume coming back to where it's traditionally been uh historically but but certainly down from what we've been seeing over the last four months or so do you have concern that this is like a low volume rally where all the participants are already in and there's nobody left to buy? Because that's where my head's at. Um, uh, it, it could be, but just keep in mind, it, it, it's rotation too, right? So if they're coming out of some stocks, that money's freed up to go back into other stocks, right? It, 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 it certainly is the case that there are stocks out here that are overvalued uh, and have been for, for a while. But remember, the market can continue to move much longer than you can continue uh, to fight it, right? Yeah, so absolutely. if you're going to try to be short a market that's continuing to rise, you can lose that game. Um, but the, just remember, the volume can come out of a series of stocks. You know, when, when they need to raise money, what do they do? They sell Apple, right? Because there's just so much money in Apple. It's easy to go out and sell a chunk of Apple to raise some money to pay for some of the things you need to go do. And then if Apple pulls back, they buy the Apple back, right? So it's stuff like that that occurs. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get a lot of price progress because i do like i do like i said i do think we're kind of overpriced in some of this stuff but um but but it doesn't necessarily mean that like there's some end coming just because volume <laughs> is fading back that much because it really historically we're still well above historical averages so, so i'm just showing here is a way to kind of visualize this in a simple way this is the volume on the queues over the last two years and you look at pre-covid what was going on and then you look at you know the whole covid jump and then you know we actually saw uh, strong volume in that we saw recently, you know, as you get into uh, you know, the year, start to see something. And right now you're right though, this last little run up has been on really diminishing volume. Uh, but uh, I, you know, what does that look like compared to, you know, uh, over a year ago where, you know, it's a little late right now, but um, one of the things I look at with this is what's happening. I, I, I agree with you, Chris. I think there's some concern. Uh, you know, are we topping out like is this like a lackluster movement? What I would say, though, is we're not seeing a lot of funds exiting. We're not seeing uh, people moving. We got some lackluster action, but we're not seeing exodus. Uh, so I, I'm guardedly optimistic. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where things, uh, you know, where things go from here. But yeah. I, I, it's a concern. It's a concern. And it's something, again, you know, back to 
But, you know, how do we address these? Uh, keep a tight eye on. Uh, it doesn't mean don't make the move, but if it doesn't work the way you expect, get out quick um, and set yourself up with the appropriate risk factors on on uh, what you're taking on in your trades. Well, it's also reasons to trade options and not just to own stocks outright, right? I mean, that's what the whole point of options is, is that we're not as impacted by every little thing. And going back to what Rand said earlier, not to just, oh, let's not just take bull call spreads on every stock we like. Right. Let's right. have a couple of different strategies. And and one last thing, I know we're probably cutting short on time here, but one thing I thought Rance maybe you could show is uh, pull up one of these stocks that has earnings uh, in the next week or two, and let's do a snapshot comparison of two different strategies just so they can see visually how we could compare. You know, what what if we're looking at a bull call spread versus some kind of a, strat a straddle or take your pick, whatever you like, mm -hmm. and and compare. You can see them both on the charts. So you can see the risk graphs compared, and you can play with the implied volatility as well. Because really, to me, earnings comes down to playing the implied volatility one way or the other. You're, you're looking for the low implied volatility on stocks that you expect it to rise coming into the last couple of days before earnings, or you're looking for stocks that already have high implied volatility, but then that kind of gets into that condor world that gets a little bit sketchy sometimes. Yeah. But if we just, if we just pick one or two real quick and, and, and show on the platform, it's, I think this is really important because I love fiddling around with this myself in this platform. Um, just to compare the strategies, you learn so much about where the risk levels lie um, by doing stuff like this. So what I happen to have up here real quick is uh, as uh, I brought up uh, uh, Baxter. Uh, here I have an implied volatility chart. It's right now, again, just cleaning this up so it's easier for people to see. Right now, it's still just slightly under the average, but it's it, it's pretty close to the average. And again, if you look at, I, I'm going to tell you, if I, I, I can go back and verify, but those are going to be the earnings. Right. That's just going to be so 38, 42, and we're sitting here at 27. So how would I want to approach something like that? Well, one of the things I could do is I could look at, do I want to maybe consider um, a, a straddle? Uh, and I'll take a snapshot of that. And then I can go in here and say, okay, well, instead of a straddle, what would happen if I went and did a, um, let's say a bull, uh, so, so if I did a bull, uh, a bull call, Right. Actually, on this, I'd probably want to roll 75. I'd probably yeah, see actually going up here on these. By the way, it kind of tells you, like, look at how low these are. I, I, not at, well, actually, look at the bid asks. Yeah, look at the spreads. Yeah, yeah, look at the spreads. That's just like, yeah, that's a warning sign right there. So I wouldn't do that. Um, uh, you know, I just happened to grab. I, I love the fact that, you know, normally I get a little chance to come up with a, a do a little bit of the research, but you guys have thrown me a couple curveballs during this one. But uh, but you can see here very quickly. And if I want to uh, size it appropriately, so it's kind of similar in um, uh, what we got going here. Right. So now you can kind of see. Uh, but but the, the point I think it, that Chris was trying to make here is that I can look at this and see very quickly um, my, my outcomes here, where if I do the straddle play, I have to see it move in either direction quite a bit. Uh, the bull uh, call spread here, I, I'm making money a lot quicker, although in this particular case, I'd still say that I don't like my risk reward ratio. But, but again, you can compare together here. You can actually do this with up to three trades. Uh, and then when you decide which one you like, all you have to do is just click the whatever the color is, right? So if I, uh, I got the red one and the blue one here, if I like the red one, click the red one, like the blue one, click the blue one, and then hit the trade button. It fills in the trade ticket. Oh, that's cool. Go. And, and so you can look at all, you know, again, up to three trades. Uh, but, you can push, but you can push the implied volatility on the comparison. 
Uh, right. Yep. So and on, if I go back into this, um, I can start to see shifts in my implied and how it's going to play out over the whole thing. I can also look at, if I look at, uh, you know, days to uh, expiration, I could do that as well. So I can get a better uh, kind of indication, especially implied volatility of the sensitivity of the trade around shifts in, uh, in implied. So it's a really nice way to be able to compare different things. Uh, you know, one of the really cool things about this is that, you know, you, you can come up with your assumption of what you think, be able to compare them together and decide. And then, of course, the other thing that this does have in it, as we talked about, some of these that came out with earnings and had a tendency to, to move, had these implied, these high implied volatilities. And you want to see, well, okay, which one of these would have worked the last time? Right. So yeah. I could just go to back test, go pick my date back in time, go structure those three trades, move the date forward and see which one of those would have worked out for me. Yeah. I remember right. you showing me that last time. My mind was That's blown. A, that was cool. It's a pretty cool way to see. Cause I'll tell you that, you know, Amazon tends to move around earnings, right? Uh, you know, there are certain stocks that tend to move around earnings. And so, you know, you could, you know, weigh out how that's playing out and be able to see how that would have worked out for you before and be able to make the appropriate, you know, uh, assessment and have a much, much better sense of, uh, you know, how, you know, what the odds are on it and how, it, what my expectation of it is based on what's been happening uh, in the past earning cycles and how this is going to play out this time. Right. So mm -hmm. again, all you're trying to do is stack the deck in your favor a little bit, right? Yeah, and and that's it. So if I'm looking at, hey, socks are coming out with earnings um, that first week, what else, you know, and they're doing really well, what else is coming up that's in that same sector? So that's one of the things that I would look at, use that as your, your benefit. Doesn't mean it's going to absolutely play out, but it gets, it stacks again a little bit. Then look at a couple of different strategies uh, based on where the implied is and what, which one is going to play out better based on, on uh, you know, the potential rise in implied, or if it's already high, that implied falling and how that could uh, affect the trade. So it gives you a chance to, to play with the past to see how it would have worked to then make a better educated decision is how you want to approach it uh, in this. Yeah. Um, that makes a lot of sense. And the last one I want to say with this is if it doesn't work, if you're playing earnings and it doesn't work the way you expect, one of the, especially with options, if you're owning the stock, you got a little bit more flex to this, but in options, if it's not doing what you expect to do, the earnings report day after earnings, get out, man. Don't, don't keep right. riding something, um, hoping it's going to turn back around because, you know, the options have a limited life to them. And it, you know, yeah. I, I, we've all had this happen in options, Chris. And I know from our previous conversations where you see a stock, you know, it's going to go up. You buy the call option, expect to go up and it does go up just not in the timeline that you buy. Yes. And that is a huge difference between stock and options because at the end of the day with stock, you still have equity. At the end of the day with options, you got jack. <laughs> That's correct. That's correct. Right. Um, you know, now you got a risk reward ratio thing, you know, you can make a lot more in the options, but it is a tool. One of the things I think about it is options can both be a leverage tool and a hedging tool. You know, it's, it's how you play it. And what a lot of new traders will do is they love the allure of the amped up returns that they could get on speculation and, 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 but they don't necessarily think about what could happen on the downside of that. And so, uh, you know, again, I, one of the worst things that can happen to a brand new trader is to have the first couple of trades work super well for them because yeah. it just builds up that, that confidence. Uh, and, uh, and then they end up not paying attention to things that they need to. So right. hopefully we've given some people some things to think about today on uh, what to look at in earnings and then, uh, you know, weighing out some of your decisions on how to be able to play it. So yeah, we covered a lot. So up. 
So before we go, let's make sure we send everybody over to marketgear.com slash Chris Yule. So you yourself can play around inside this uh, platform that Ransom is demonstrating here. You'll get two weeks free and 50% off your first month when you do that. That's marketgear.com slash Chris Yule. That's me, C-H-R-I-S-U-H-L. And hey, listen, I really appreciate both of your guys' time going through all this. I mean, I can't imagine a better situation where I can sit and talk with really smart people like you guys and then share that with the audience. Because, I mean, we had one of our episodes, his, um, I mean, last I checked, I had sit, hit uh, 66,000 downloads and, and climbing. So there's a chance we'll hit six figures on that one. And just imagine all those people are learning a little bit more about how to trade a little faster and a little, 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 little trade faster, a little trade smarter and using that market gear platform as well. So thank you guys for your time. This is working out uh, really well. I appreciate it. Glad to be here, Chris. Always yep, enjoy it. Yeah. And thank you guys for tuning in to today's How to Trade Stocks Options podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe and enable notifications. That way you never miss any of the tools, tips and tricks we upload every single week to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you next, uh, next time. <laughs> Okay, so what'd you think? That was pretty incredible, right? Now, if you like that, that's only a taste, only a sample of what you're gonna find in the full AI stock trading system. And I really highly encourage you to go and check this out. Obviously, you are interested in learning and how to trade, and that's why you're listening to this podcast. Now, I'm going to take and download my entire trading system that I use day in and day out onto you. <laughs> and the only way I'm going to be able to do that is over at the AIStockTradingSystem.com. You're going to get phase one, two, and three, several bonuses. And on top of that, I'm going to walk you through over a dozen trades that I put on inside of my account, holding your hand and showing you exactly how I got in, how I got out, how I use the artificial intelligence data, and how this could work inside of your own trading portfolio on a daily basis. So make sure you head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com to learn more and to get started and to download my decade plus worth of trading experience into your hands so you can start using the AI Stock Trading System today, the five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading. Hey, if you like this video, let me know by leaving me a like below and then subscribe and share it with somebody you think could use it as well. Be sure to comment below with your biggest takeaway from this episode and any suggestions you have for future episodes. And finally, make sure you watch these other videos to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you on the next episode. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Yule, through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. TimMinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Yule are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives. TimMinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Yule are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker-dealers. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and other financial instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment and financial trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit TimMinuteStockTrader.com legal. And thanks for stopping by.